This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. What's up, man? What up, dude? How's it going? Good. Are you... Did you hunt today? I did not. No, no. I hunted yesterday. The last official day in Minnesota and you didn't hunt? Why would I? It's not the last official day. Oh, it's not? I thought today was the last one. No, no, no. Oh. People forget about that whole south zone. Thing. Oh, that's right. The south zone. <laughs> I've been hunting the south zone for weeks now, so I, I kind of, I didn't even know today was the end of uh, the central zone. Oh, man, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was like, I just been got next Wednesday in my head. Well, I guess in my head, I don't think that the season goes into the new year. Huh. So yeah. what is the official last day in Minnesota? January 6th. Huh. Well, For look honkers. at that. For honkers. Yep. It's the last Don't day. Don't put those calls away just yet, gentlemen and ladies. Well, you know, what people don't understand is that the season isn't, uh, you know, over now. It's got till March 10th. There's still 10 weeks of dark goose season. <laughs> in other states. In my playground, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. My, my accessibility. Like, I can't really access other countries, but I can definitely drive. Car don't stop at the state line. That's true. <laughs> I was just in Iowa last weekend. And you can go um, you can go pretty darn late without having to drive very far. Like, Missouri is usually the end of January. That's six hours, five hours. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And um, I don't know. I can't remember where Nebraska goes this year, but usually uh, you can get to Valentine's Day every year. That's pretty sweet. 
I know when you guys, yeah, when you did that super late hunt in uh, New York, I was like, what? And that was like oh, March. March. That's yeah. March, right? Yeah. You know, I can't remember. I could look it up. But I'm pretty sure that just was like March 1 to March 10 their season. Because in the, oh, whatever, flyway treaty thingy, they uh, March 10 is the last day you can legally shoot waterfall in northern North America. Huh. Yeah, it's March 10 to September 1 you can start. That's so cool. <laughs> so uh, there's a bunch of states that go to March 10. There's quite a few. Not like 25 of them, but not like two either. Right. Well, I was on so, the Mississippi today, and there are plenty of geese and mallards around yet. Where were you at? Uh, up by Monticello. Oh, really? I was fishing. I wasn't goose hunting. Yeah. Did you see many birds flying around, going oh, yeah. out to feed or anything? Yep. What time? Lots. Uh, they they went out probably about mm, one. All right. Kind of yeah. makes sense. Fed for about two hours. Came back. Yeah, was, Mike just about today. I was supposed to be packing and leaving on a trip right now. Where to? You going to Oklahoma? No, Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. When's that Oklahoma adventure with you and uh, Joe? That's January 18th, 19th, 20th, I think, is our first set of guys. Well, you might as well pimp it out now that I brought it up. Give people oh, a I rundown. Suppose you're probably recording, aren't you? Hey, of course I'm recording. And just started it with a, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is your I'm first not... time tuning into the Full Scale Outdoors podcast? We usually, we usually say something like, should we just make this the start? And we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't even have my microphone going with it, but oh. you don't want to do all that work anyway. Oh, God, all that work. Sinking it all. But um, you said you wanted to do a Minnesota recap, perhaps. Sure. But let's. We, I teased him with your Oklahoma trip, so let's try to oh, book some of those. Out? I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to Oklahoma, January 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. And uh, just gonna, it's already sold out. So oh, I don't really, oh, that's yeah, like, I, don't really I was like, why it. are you so hesitant? It's like, oh, right, <laughs> here. never mind then. <laughs> no, actually, uh, we sold out quite a pretty fast. I like the way we did it this year. There's no more like, what days do you want to go? It was like, here's the days. Yeah. And uh, no, like confusing financial transactions. It's just everything's so simple. And plus, everybody now will be... Uh, hunting in the same cohesive unit. So, like, if you're in group one, you're in group one, and you're going to hunt with the same dudes every day. Like, oh, when you cool. do a three-day trip with people, like, it just adds – it really does add to the enjoyment. Like, when you get the same group of guys for three days, like, you were snow goose guiding. You probably did it quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. Because people do a lot more, like, three-day packages with, uh, like, a snow goose hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fun. You get to nearly get to know the guys you're hunting with, and they're not always from the same group. You know, you get a group of three guys from Colorado and two guys from Missouri or whatever, and – Y'all become buds for three days, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, and even, like, mixed groups, they end up getting to be buddies, too. Everybody's yucking it up at the lodge, and it, right. it adds really just... I'm trying to do everything I can to just make it as simple and enjoyable for everybody, including me and Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. That'd be fun. Yeah, Larry told us that they... Uh, we've always done right after Christmas, so technically this would be, like, the time that we'd be running guys in Oklahoma right now. And... uh we're doing it 18th, 19th is our first one. This is three weeks later than we've ever been there. So uh, Larry said it's just uh, much better for mallards, uh, ducks in general, uh, much better that time of year, late January. And that works for us. Like, But for whatever reason, we just get uh, 
90% drakes down there. It's not a wow. It's not a it's not a hen and uh, juvenile wintering area. The only thing that really shows up in that area for wintering is like just prime age hardy males. Kind of weird. You get pintails down there? Yeah. Nice. Yes, we get into the pintails. Like <laughs> we found a spot last year that was all pintails. Maybe that was two years ago, but that was fun, man. We got like a thirteen man out of there. They gotta be getting decent sprigs on them by now, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. They're just booners. God, I'm jealous. That'd be so awesome. I got That'd a great picture so of me holding like all of like the whole twelve band limit or whatever in my hands. It's just not very many hens. I mean, like you wow. couldn't really shoot hens if you tried. You know, I don't think you could shoot your hen limit down there if you wanted to. Which there's no hen limit on pintails, obviously. Right. But yeah, why would you? Yeah, but I mean, like mallards, like no, it doesn't matter if it's ringnecks or ruddy ducks or canvasbacks or mallards, widgeons, like it's drakes. Makes for cool pictures. Uh, yeah. Well, if you can get a, how about the ruddies? Do they do they get their blue bill? Yeah. Uh, they all colored up. We don't we don't really get into the ruddies. Oh, okay. I'm just saying if you see it down if there. If you saw it, okay, you're just randomly naming. Okay. Yeah, I definitely did. Wouldn't shot any ruddies down there. Okay, I gotcha. Is it primary? Is it a field, or is it you got water down there too? Uh, we hunt a lot of stock ponds and okay. uh, even even a couple of little river creek areas, like uh, for our wetlands hunt. But nobody's putting waders on except for the decoy bitch, sure. and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's unique hunts down there. But I mean, another thing too about Oklahoma is it's so incredibly rural. Like where we are, it's it is way out in the middle of nowhere and it, it reminds me of going to like uh, rural saskatchewan where you just don't have much of anything in the nearby vicinity and you know some guys don't really like leaving the creatures of uh or the comforts of creature comforts of cities and going to the gas station to get a snack like you're not doing any of that you know yeah, you eat right. what miss cheryl you eat what miss cheryl cooks and if you complain about it there's nothing better for you, <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> so Lucky, bring your own snacks cook. Just I do tell people that now, just like you, just max out on snacks because you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that's good, um, good tip. But um, I'm looking forward to that. Be a good time. Yeah. Anyways, back to the, the okay, stage. Yeah, yeah. So let's wrap. <laughs> uh, let's just kind of recap our Minnesota season so far. Even though it's not officially over yet. Um, for, I think for most people, it, out, it is. We kind of started it out with a bang, like we podcasted that day. Um, I'm talking Labor Day, I guess. Yeah, dude. That first like opening day was a was a mic day just insanity yeah and uh i would say the first really almost six weeks you could say or were pretty stellar fantastic amazing would you agree not for me uh oh, shit. No, no we we struggled like that first day you know yeah hit out, out of the gate oh man that was so awesome so fired up and it was just a weird year for us the way like birds just seem to act weird. They they never seem to do what we thought they were gonna do. Um, there's always seemed to be always some caveat of why they didn't. You know, like everything was set up just right. And like for for us going into the season, I had land. Um, you know, I had acquired permission like month ahead of time, if not more. It was never looked better as far as like I got a bunch of small grain fields lined up and I got some uh, uh, silage fields whenever they start coming out and combine fields and we got hay fields I was like I was just set up and then you know they 
they harvested the grain too early. It was all tall, if not tilled under by the time opening came around. And I don't know, it was just, it was one thing after another for us. But Really? And I, I missed quite a bit of it too. I was doing so many calling lessons that actually started jumping into my season a little bit. Son of a bitch. I know. It was fun too. I was still enjoying talking to people from around the country, but there was, um, the Labor Day opener and and our harvest was two weeks ahead of schedule. Then we got that weird early snow. Yeah. And I was doing lessons that whole time. It was driving me nuts. I'm like, well, don't worry, Nick. It's going to be a great finale of the season. <laughs> and that um, definitely didn't materialize. We built to peak numbers. Damn, I wish I could remember the exact day. Um, I'm looking back through my photo album right now trying to figure it out. But it would have been... Um, it was like mid early week, like a Monday or a Tuesday, at least here in the Metro, like we had a staggering amount of honkers show up and uh, way before the snow. And then it was poor weather for hunting until a Sunday. And that Saturday they migrated out and it's been a struggle fest ever since that day for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it seemed like that early, you know, December and October that was really messed things up. Even duck wise, even for us duck wise, you know, we got a lake that, we usually were chomping at the bit uh, in early November. We get that first, like, really cold night that gets out in the teens and all the sloughs and small lakes are going to ice up. And then this lake that we hunt, you know, it stays open. It's the last lake to freeze in the area. And even when it's partially frozen, the birds will still use it. All sorts of divers and honkers and mallards and whatever. Mm-hmm. And that that lake just didn't really produce that well this year because that early cold snap just happened too fast and it like then it then it warmed up you know it did and so then they whatever birds were still around they just were able to spread out and go wherever they want like there just wasn't a concentration of numbers anywhere it seemed like when you would scout you'd like find some here find some there i think that is a huge issue of what happened i think you hit the nail on the head oh dude i meant to tell you another thing you hit the nail on the head about um the cold ass Thursday morning last week, there was literally no migration. <laughs> I was so fucking wrong. But I, I walked outside that morning and you know, how, dude, I swear, like you're the best like weatherman when it comes to what geese are doing. Like, just put your head outside and be like, what would I do if I was a goose? Right. Yeah. And so right. as soon as, I, as soon as I walked outside that day and I looked at the sky and I took one breath of the air, I was like, if I was a goose, I would sit all day long and not move. And then as soon as that sun got a half hour underneath the horizon, I would migrate the fuck out of here. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but I was like still like determined to go kill a bird and like in this cold, cool, like cool condition. So I went out there and I put the, put up the white box and I don't think I've shivered that hard. I was, I was like seriously delirious, dude, with how cold I was. <laughs> in, in the box even? In the ball, like, the wind was coming through the uh, the windows, and it was a 25-mile-an-hour wind Oof. or something, or like 30-mile-an-hour below zero uh, wind chills. Yikes. I was running out of the truck and um, taking six DSDs out of the bag and then running back into the truck. Not, no stakes, no, no setting them out, just getting them out of their bags <laughs> and then going back in the truck to warm up. Because my hands would go. Yeah. God, it, it was crazy. Damn, the things will do, huh? So I do. <laughs> I got to give you some kudos, though, because I, I think what you did this year about trying these crazy public land hunts and these weird programs that you found and land access programs, and uh, this isn't a knock because it seems most of those hunts didn't really pan out, um, 
But it's cool that you like went out and tried it. Like you found these things, you wanted to go try it out. You know, I was watching your snaps, and you're like, I just want to see how far I can stretch it with good calling. You know how yeah, on, the yeah. other, on the other elements of it. You know, not a prime field or not a this, not a that, but with good calling, can it overcome these things? And and uh, nobody else is really doing anything like that. And I think it's valuable information. You know. So yeah, hats it? off to you for that. <laughs> it's valuable to me, uh, just because I'm curious, and I think like going into an area or a situation, you have no clue what's gonna happen, and you just kind of sit back and watch what does. Like next time you do that, or if you do do that again, next time you do that, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I just know a lot of guys that you know they're I wouldn't call them fair weather hunters, but they're like fair situation hunters. You know, like. You call somebody like, hey, I got, you want to go hunting tomorrow? I got permission on this field. Well, how many were in there the night before? Well, I don't right. know. There was like 200 or so, but there's more in the area. What kind of field is it? You know, it's like just all these checklists. And it's like if it isn't perfect for a, you know, a textbook absolute smash 15-minute limit, get out of there. They're like, no, I'm going to sleep in. You know, it's like, and, and you're like going up against the eight ball every single time and you're all jacked up to go do it and try it. That's pretty cool. I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's admirable. <laughs> It's called, uh, well, I call that, um, you know, people who do that, they're just fans of slam dunk contests. They're not fans of the NBA. Yeah, right. You know, I'm crunching the stats over here. I love the NBA, you know. I don't just watch the slam dunk competition. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I I, I dig it. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. From, Some people, well, I mean, I helped you out a couple times, but I, I mostly enjoyed watching it via your Snapchat stories. Yeah, yeah, cool. for sure. I, a lot, I, got, I got a lot of people who reached out to me and kind of said the same thing and, uh, other people that weren't very nice about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Why? What, what I don't know. Just, I don't saying? know. Like, oh, just some people. Um, I think just I don't know. Just want to pop just off want or something. Excuse to be a dickhead and be like, "This is yeah, never going to work, you dumbass." Yeah, and All I right. think anybody what who puts content out, anybody who's releasing any content, is probably experiencing that to some degree. Yeah, probably. And I don't get it very bad either. Actually, I, in fact, I think the people who uh, watch my snaps and stuff like that, they're like some kick-ass people i i enjoy talking to all of them i respond to all the messages like i think i've got most of that out but some people like uh hey do you ever kill a goose yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i might add one of those today like hey man uh, do you do you ever do you ever kill geese i mean like or why 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 am i subscribed to you you don't fucking kill shit <laughs> i i did <laughs> so no i had this actually, crazy adventure I did ex have to explain that too to somebody. I'm like, I used to kill a lot of geese, but you know, uh, these days I take one meat trip a year and I shoot molts for my other sausages. And after that, it's uh, just fucking around and band hunting, having fun. How many bands did you get this year? I got um, two two leg and one neck. Okay. Oh, you. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the yeah. the hunt that you won't talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because we broke so many laws. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like Nebraska. No. Yeah, it was uh, Nebraska, but I mean, geez. <laughs> but that was my first neck collar uh, this year. Is what I got. And that's it was, so sexy. It was a uh, it was a targeted kind of deal, uh, and it was it was pretty cool. I actually cried a little. Like, had a little tear in my eye, you know, sure. when I got it. Like, a little choked up. God damn. It worked. Like 30, 33 years old, here I am, got my first neck car. And I hadn't even seen one, like, around my home area. I still haven't seen one since 2012. Wow. I check a lot of damn birds, too. Yeah. Huh. But Are you doing yeah. that again next year? Because I want in. Uh, no. 
<laughs> in fact, um, uh, that area, they're just closing its goose hunting next year. So Seriously? You can't even go there. Yeah, you can't even go anymore. No. I feel like you're lying to me just to keep me from going. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure you're lying. Okay, no, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyways, like, where were we? We were talking about, like, the second half of the season on that Sunday. God damn, did I think we were going to smash that day, too. I'm like, finally, the good weather, the peak number of birds. It's about to be a bloodbath. We were walking back from the truck, and I'd been doing too many screw-around hunts. Like, I actually wanted to eat some birds and uh, shoot some. And uh, my buddy Matt, it's just a two-man, me and my buddy Matt were out there, and he's walking to the spread, and, like, a three-pack dumps in, and he's getting all excited running and starting to jog. I'm like, slow down, young guy. No. This will be happening for the next six hours. <laughs> And then it didn't happen again. And then it didn't. From, from sun up to sundown. I was like, where'd all the birds go? And I talked to some people and they said, like, the birds left. They went out to feed last night, like they have been doing their evening feeds. When we woke up, they weren't on the roost this morning. I was like, motherfuckers. So I was think, it like, still, was it during that kind of cold spell? I'm trying to find the exact day, man. I'm sorry. It's uh, No, it's fine because. It, Cause I th- and we've talked already touched on this, but I remember I was I was bass fishing on one of those nights and had a had a hunt planned for the next day. Yeah, it was cold because I remember my hands were cold fishing, and then it was cold that next morning too when I hunted. Um, it might have been around November eighth. Oh no, this was I'm t- this was for me. This was earlier. This was in October. I think Shit. it was in October. Maybe it was November. No, it was in October. Oh, anyways, oh. I don't remember. Anyways, it was. I remember it was a cold night. I was fishing. I caught a lot of fish, and the birds didn't leave to go eat till like pretty much after sundown. And then they they never. I fished into the dark, launched my boat or put my boat back on the trail and everything, and they never came back. So I don't know. They fed late, so I was like, "It's gonna be cold and clear in the morning. We ain't gonna see shit for birds tomorrow." And sure, sure enough, we didn't. Shit. Well, I, what was even the high count on lack of parl this year? I have no idea. Right? Me neither. I could probably Google it. I, I'm going. I'm doing it now, but I'm pretty sure it didn't get over like eight thousand. Peak lack for the entire freaking year, man. That that's so crazy. Twenty twenty migration reports. Oh, the hunt north. I used to do this migration report for Dan. That got me kind of into this whole like craziness I do now, man. Like I'd call like biologists from national wildlife refuges, like, "What's going on?" They're like, "Lots of teal here." Like, you just learn stuff. The more you know, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, I'm not finding it either. You'd have to go to the DNR one and then go through each one. Oh, oh no, that's ridiculous. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I'm doing it now. Oh. <laughs> Our listeners have time. <laughs> hold on. All 12 of them. We'll be right there. Um, Please hold. But, man, uh, like you were saying, the freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw, I think it just scattered food resources and water. It scattered birds around. It scattered pockets of concentrations that would frequently move. It was, it was rough. We had consistent weather that resulted in night feeds it was tough man yeah that happened to us one other year 
um, a few years back. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but a, a similar thing. Not as early as mid-October, but a similar thing happened where we had a, a like a really early freeze, and we went out to that lake. But it wasn't really freeze. It just got really cold, and then a lot of you know some of the stuff kind of ponds and stuff locked up. And I think we did shoot some birds on that lake this year. It wasn't like amazing, but that you know we did get some. And then it warmed back up again, and then the lake was just garbage from for the rest of the season. Because like once once those ponds opened up again, it's like the few remaining birds that were here. It's like oh, we have elbow room. We can go wherever the hell we want. It's like, right. Oh, this sucks. Yeah, I mean they just get diluted. Yeah, it's it's just a um, it's a numbers game. I mean they're just not as many of them around, and they have the entire state as their playground. So it's just harder to put together a good pattern have a good yeah. scout it was um as far as like my seasons go in the last five seasons this was probably ranked number five like it was not great really that bad yeah it wasn't it was not great i mean we did we had some success too i mean don't get me wrong but like there was a lot of there was a lot of us shaking our head going what the hell i thought we knew how to goose hunt and there's a lot of that going on in the whole country too, because I was oh, just listening to the God. Ducks Unlimited podcast. <laughs> like the Ducks Unlimited podcast, they just had Brooke Richard on there talking about like hunting in uh, tough conditions, and then they've had a couple like habitat migration update episodes too, where it's just just people crying. Yeah, and that uh, honestly, misery loves company, and, and like we've been beating ourselves up, like God, do we suck? And then then we start hearing from other people about their seasons and they were struggling too. You're like, all right, well that, that actually makes me feel a little better. <laughs> I know. It's like, Not we're that all I don't want in. you to have success, but it's like, okay, then it wasn't just us. It was like, there was something weird going on with the birds. Oh, we're all going to turn into Illinois hunters here pretty soon. <laughs> what, what do you Biggest mean by that? Cry, baby. Oh, Biggest cry, are. Fuck yeah, man. Dude. I'd, I had like at least three people from Illinois message me like, man, the hunting here just sucks. And the same week they came out with a report saying there's 750,000 mallards on two rivers in Illinois. <laughs> well, I, I, my friends in Ohio, they had a pretty good season this year, actually. Did they? Early, yeah. Bird, and I think going off of what we said, that early October, the October-December weather um, pushed a lot of birds out, I think, because they – it was some of the earliest they've had success in Ohio. So you know what? Now that I think about it, too, like early in the year, too, Ducks Unlimited was having episodes where guys were crushing them. Actually, like yep. their migration reports were like the Great Lakes region one. I remember that guy was saying how much how they did great on teal, and it was a fantastic teal season. If Minnesota would have had one, we'd know. <laughs> but um, it's coming. It's coming. It does sound like it's coming, but yeah. uh, like the South and even people in Wisconsin, like and Michigan, they tore up the teal this year. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I got – if I would have had a, a crew the one day I went out, and I actually went out uh, to diver hunt, and there was there was a few divers around, but holy crap, this must have been like the last wads of teal. It was the mid-October. I was doing the calendar hunt, uh, migration kind of a hunt, and the divers were around, but holy Christ, I've never seen so many teal. And like, I, Blueings I, Yeah, blueings. Blueings. Nice. And they were coming in and like – giant flocks like where was this at um nebraska <laughs> i mean like just like latitude no. wise uh, like north central minnesota yeah 
damn, that's yeah. crazy. And I think were, we get our big push right around September five, usually. Right, and that was kind of my thing. I was like, why are all these teal still here? I mean, they're and they're. I'm saying they're like 30, 40, 50 bird flocks. Like these are like, yeah, and they're all bunched up tight and. They yeah. came into the decoys multiple <laughs> times, and I didn't shoot because I was like, I want to shoot some divers today. And then, you know, three three strikes are out. This, like, 50-plus wad just came barreling right down the line. I'm like, I got to shoot. I pull up. I shoot one, and, like, four of them fall out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't even, yep, I didn't even do a follow-up shot. I was like, well, <laughs> that's, now I can only shoot two divers. That is interesting <laughs> um, that they were moving through like that. Oh, Ever man. tell you about that time I was in North Dakota and uh, drove through a blue wing migration? Uh, I don't think so. It was before their August season, so it, must, it was like on August 14. And I was scouting, and I was in central North Dakota, and like center of the state, center north and south, and all of a sudden I'm like, damn, that pond's got a lot of ducks on it. Drove past another one, like, holy fucking shit, dude, look at this. And it was like, oh my god, those are all be- like blue wings. All of them are blue wings. Wow. And it was like that for 30 miles crazy yeah my brother was driving he killed a couple of them driving <laughs> what they were like they were sit. they were in every pond on at, on each side of the road for 30 miles so we we're just driving through blue wing teal for an hour almost on dirt roads and a couple of them hit the grill i don't know if they died but oh, like we I'm hit guessing. a couple blue wings just driving dude it was that's insane it, it was bonkers but yeah <laughs> like how many of these things are out there because they really don't have any idea because some of them, them things are still down south when they do those surveys, like the May have the May surveys. Some of them are still in Louisiana; they haven't came up yet. Hmm. Those are the, they're the last ones to return to the prairies, and the first ones out. They have no clue how many exist. Wow, That's crazy. <laughs> There's a lot. Well, and those, hopefully we do get that teal season. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, too. Me too. I mean, I mean it, that's the closest thing I've experienced to an actual like full-on teal migration. So if it's even if it's even more numbers than that early, think, oh my god, that'd be fun. I think it's a tip of the iceberg, man. Yeah, that would be. I mean, nuts. And as far and that day was a good day as far as like um, people that are might not either on the fence or might not be for teal season because they're worried about non-target ducks being shot. Don't. Because these did not look like wood ducks. <laughs> they did not look like mallards. I mean, you knew what they were. Even in that big of a flock, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of teal. Like, right out of the gate. You can just tell the way they fly. Like, it's... it's... You're going to get people that are going to shoot wood ducks, and those are the people who just wanted to shoot a wood duck. Probably. I mean, it, it, it's going to happen, but it looks like the numbers, when they've done the studies in other states, when I was talking to Steve Court, it's like, the, they don't... It doesn't happen that often. No, it does not. No. Have you ever read those? Yeah. Yeah, they're like 2% attempt yeah, rates or su- less than that. It's super low. So, you know, and they have people out there watching and spotting and specifically to watch hunters and see what they do. And it's just, it doesn't really happen. So it's just, it's an unfounded concern. Yeah. So. Dude, I was about to, I was out in my field the other day and I was about to expose a little, like make field sores in the, uh, in the field. You know, and geese like scrape up the corn. Sure. I was about to do that and I was like, is that legal? I was thinking about it, and I pulled up the baiting legs. And I'm like, "Fuck no, that ain't legal." And I was like, "Wait, really?" I've seen that? I've seen that in videos. I've seen it on YouTube. They consider like, that baiting or altering? Oh, the... for sure, that's baiting. Well, you're not adding anything to the field. Sure not, but you are. What do we do? <laughs> I'll read the baiting wrecks. I just, uh, I was just thinking about that. Fuck, there's some prominent wall- waterfallers like yeah, saying that's that a up. strategy read, of this. Read that one, because that's, jeez, I feel like. I think like we've all been guilty of that. 
I mean, I've, me, but, I've I never mean, done it. I've seen it on videos. I was thinking about trying it out, and I was like, I better just check real quick if it's if it's a legal thing to do. You cannot hunt waterfowl by aid of baiting or on or over any baited area you know should be baited, whatever. Baiting is the direct or indirect placing, exposing, depositing, distributing, or scattering of salt grain feed that could attract waterfowl or over any areas where you're attempting to take them. Exposing. Baited areas on any mm. salt grain, other feed has been placed, exposed, deposited, distributed, or scattered. If like that salt area. grain, if that salt grain or feed could serve as a lure or attractant for waterfall, I don't think that's gray at all, man. I'm thinking like if you scrape snow, that is what? exposing grain. Well, and what you're if doing there it to attract waterfowl. What if there isn't <laughs> grain? What if it's just a black dirt field? If it's dirt, I think you'd be okay. I think that's your loophole. Like if you did not expose one kernel of corn, you can say I did not. Ex- I didn't put any bait there. It's just dirt. Well, and how would you know if it's there before you scrape <clears> away <throat> your dirt? Like, yeah, I you, thought well, it was you, just dirt field, but there happens to be two kernels of corn there. Sorry. That's the same thing as like just taking a cob out of the like a, out of its husk and like throwing it in the yeah. kill zone. You've seen people do that, oh, but like yeah, for sure. that's that's baiting. Yeah. And um. Oh, and also you could get away with it if it was a part of a normal agriculture practice, which it's not. <laughs> or you couldn't because it's like, you know, what do they consider normal? Because that baited field they had down in Rochester last year, you know, it's like oh, no, well, they, they didn't got... do that to control to attract geese. The farmer decided to knock it all down no they they've got definitions for the normal thing it's like uh whatever your your state farm bureau office actually has guidelines or something that they they do follow something that's black and white for normal mm. agriculture practice and it, it's regional too oh that was a shitty deal it's like what's that out of their hands that baited field that they had in rochester last year where all the geese were just going straight to it because the farmer just knocked the, the corn down Instead of well, harvesting it. And obviously, like, I don't even really trust, like, game wardens when they tell me the law, but I like to read it and just use common sense. Right. And it's all out there. So, like, sometimes they get it wrong, too, because it's supposed to have been, like, 10, 15 years ago. We had a cornfield that we were going to hunt, and it was considered baited. Like, it was just a small corner of it that was, like, the Indian corn that the dude made for his family. And they didn't get a harvest, had to knock it down, whatever. In this huge field. So we had to plow the entire thing, or we didn't. The farmer had to plow it. And then we could only hunt it after 10 days later. And now, like, that field in Rochester, why didn't they just plow that and wait 10 days? Or if somebody, if uh, if it was a problem for somebody, why couldn't you, like, all pool your resources and go up to the farmer and be like, dude, we'll give you a grand to go plow that shit so we can hunt these birds in 10 days? Sure. That was a good, that that a good idea. I don't understand why they didn't do that. Like, or unless uh-huh. the 10 day thing is, uh, I'm something like, or the plowed thing, because it says once all the bait has been removed. Yeah. It's 10 days after the bait has been removed. So I don't know if plowing is considered. It yeah. Plowing removing. wouldn't get rid of it. No. Right. No. So why did that game board let us hunt like 10 years ago or whatever? Uh, like we hunted that plowed field. Right. They get it wrong too sometimes. Huh. But we didn't well, get that in trouble. Well, that is a problem right? too. It's kind of up to the discretion of the particular co right like how they interpret the, the law. i mean if they interpret it incorrectly that's something you got to like um settle in court with the judge i guess yeah, really yeah pretty much 
if they start uh, writing tickets and, and taking. But I'd like to know now. Shit. I'd rather know now. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we're, I, what we're doing is legal. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But anyways, hmm. Mm. Then you got other states where you can plant, mill it, and flood it. <laughs> See, those are states like Minnesota. That'd be sweet. You just all you need to have in your state is no, no regulations that are more strict than federal. Minnesota has no baiting regulations. There's nothing on our books. Sure. So, well, dude, you know what I don't? Also, I don't understand about baiting. Two things, actually. Number one, why people don't do it all summer long and then clean it up and hunt it ten days later. And um, number two, why don't why doesn't anybody do the uh, loosen baiting regulations for dove fields like they do down south? Because there is a shit pile of exceptions for dove hunting. Hmm. Like, well, we don't like have a, a ton of dove. I mean, we do have doves up here, but dove, dove, the dove hunting culture just isn't a thing up here. Some agreed. people do it, but it is not like it's a freaking religion in the south. Yeah, but you can like plant a sunflower, like a sunflower field, and then shred it and then hunt it. Wow. So why doesn't anybody do that? Like, it looks like fun down south. Yeah, I'm sure it would be a lot of fun. Just think and we of, don't have a lot of morning of doves but that would come there. You for sure would have crazy pigs, too. <laughs> oh, that would be sweet. I need to shoot a banded pig yet. It's kind of bullshit that I haven't. I don't shoot that many, so, I mean, in reality, what are my chances? What's up? I said, I want to shoot a banded pig. I'm like, why haven't have I one? shot one yet? No, but then I don't. What I'm saying is I don't shoot that many pigeons. So, I mean, this past fall is the first year we ever did an actual on-purpose go-out and hunt pigeons. It came back a little last summer. We had a wheat we had a wheat field. One of the wheat fields I was eyeballing all summer long. I did the work to get, you know, it's like, oh, this farmer has it, but I don't own it. I just lease it. And then I tracked down the farmer. It happened to recognize the last name. Turns out it's the brother of somebody I went to school with and yeah, ended up getting permission to hunt it. I was a little jacked. I'm like, dude, this wheat field. And at the time, it was standing. You know, it's like four feet tall, just beautiful. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be. And it's in a, and it's in a, a high traffic area. I was like, oh, this is gonna be just amazing. And then yeah, they harvested like two weeks <laughs> early and plowed it under. But the the pigeons did find it, and we were out there scouting for geese, and we saw that they had harvested it and everything else. And then it was like. Dude, there's hundreds of pigeons using this field. What's on it? Which we did. There was that many? There was a lot. We picked up, I mean, we shot, we picked up 51 birds, and none of us had, like, we didn't change our chokes out. We still had, like, our goose chokes in. So if we'd have had, like, nice wide choke, and who the hell knows how many we would have actually shot, there was hundreds. I could go off on pigeon hunting, like, strategy-wise. We should do an episode like that after we do New York. Yeah, <laughs> after we do New York, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, for sure. A pigeon hunting one would be fun, actually, an episode. Yeah, I, I got a lot of insight on pigeon hunting. That would be fun. I haven't done it much. I should. I really need to do it more in the off-season, in the summertime. It would be a great way to pass a, a random Sunday morning if I'm not pigeon, Yeah, it's not. I always am. It's not as close to like duck and goose hunting as people or duck hunting as people think it is it's close but not like ballparkish like everybody's like yeah just throw some spinners up like man if you really want to put some serious numbers down you're gonna have to learn the pitch <laughs> learn the pitch we're gonna have to have a, a learn the pitch episode that would be fun that'd be fun it yeah be. we'll do that we'll put that in the old uh the fake schedule and i will uh <laughs> put it on the list that we never get to I guess, um 
I guess I'll join you in that, you know, end of season tears at March 11th. When I'm my season's over, season's everybody's going to be crying. I'm going to look at Facebook and stuff. And it's just like season's done, done, done. It's like a obituary yeah, but, for a living person. But like, go. I, oh. I won't have any tears in March because I'll be snow goose hunting. So, yeah, I suppose that, that season's just starting for me. Well, this I hate the end of season post. I've never made one. Well, okay. I just want it's so defeatist. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a passing of a of a time, an era, and for you know, for a lot of people that are just yeah, die hard, you know, goose hunters, duck hunters, waterfallers, or whatever. They like they don't fish, they don't do golf, they don't like all they do is this. This is what they look forward to, and now it's done. So. Fishermen are crazy, man. You guys don't get an off season, dude. I do not have an off season. I don't, That's I have... ridiculous. I need at least like eight weeks just to jet ski and get oh, a haircut. Screw your jet skis. Hey, jet skis. Need to trim my fingernails, get a haircut, like <laughs> relationship maintenance. No, no off season. Hunting into fishing, fishing into hunting, foraging oh, into you know all summer long into fishing, and then back into fishing, foraging, hunting in the fall, and it just continues so how would you wrap up minnesota then uh for me it was uh it's sucky Four. yeah <laughs> it was it and was we... definitely subpar i guess i wouldn't say it was sucky it was subpar it was frustrating uh it was definitely frustrating and confusing at times like i don't know why the birds are doing this there was a lot of that there was a lot of there's plenty of birds in this area that looks like doing this we get on the field we want and then for whatever reason shit just doesn't work out we're like what the fuck is going on i definitely had a lot of that but it was more directed at myself, like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> well, yeah, and yours, like we've already pointed out, was kind of, you knew it going into it that it was going to be a long shot. But Oh, yeah, dude. I had fun. I had a good season. Uh, I try to say every season's my best one ever, you know? Because like, I got to experience so much cool stuff that maybe it's not the best ever, but yeah. I can talk myself into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It was a good season, though, I, I'd say. And I, I think people who are like more further... West uh, noticed that a lot of migration is starting to shift back to Minnesota from the Dakotas. And uh, I hope that trend continues. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I had a good but, season. I met a lot of, I met a lot of new people this year and, and experience. I had like my first, you know, official pit hunt this year up with pit properties. That was a ton of fun. David goose. And um, that was that was a ton of fun. That was just a whole different experience right there. Our pit's amazing. Oh, my God. And you're cooking up breakfast. While you're, I mean, it's just, what the hell? This is. You, you miss no opportunities because no. there's no reason to, like, sit in your truck. It's the hunt. It's the it's the duck hunting or goose hunting version of fishing out of a, a wheelhouse, ice fishing out of a wheelhouse. It's like you have all the sure. creature coverage. There's TV in there. There's the heater and a leather couch, and you're fishing in your pajamas. And now you're just you're hanging out and watching movies, drinking beer, and every now and again a fish comes out of the hole. And you're like, this is yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not. It's a good like, way to put it. I've never thought of it in the ice fishing realm. Yeah, I mean, I'm a hardcore fisherman. I generally don't fish that style. I'm a run and gun. I'm I'm really active when I'm on the ice. But the few times that I do that style, it's like I get it. I I get why people like to do this. This is pretty. I think chill. it'd be fun too to kind of just hunt like kind of like joe does it like where he's probably in those pits like what 30 days a year mm -hmm. that's kind of cool to do it that way because it gives you like reference like you spend so much time just looking at the sky and and, and making observations like 
those observations all accumulate to a knowledge base, you know? For sure. I think being there be, to observe it is valuable. It makes it kind of scientific because you're not um, chasing feeds. You know, you know, you have your fields, you have your pits, and you obviously you pick the, the pit for the conditions that you think is going to be the, the hot field that day or whatever. But you're really getting to see how the birds move in and out of your area, how they react day in and day out, different weather patterns. You oh know. yeah, I think if I if I hunted in a uh, a pit for thirty days straight every year, I would keep very detailed records. But like, I don't keep detailed records of anything because it's every year I do different things. Like, what's the point? Yeah, I really wish I did keep a detailed log. I think there'd be yeah, a lot a person could learn if you, for fishing and hunting, but I don't. So it's yeah, me pointless to even talk about it. But all right, man. Well, um, hopefully twenty twenty one goes a little better get this vaccine and go back to going to trade shows and calling contests Canada <laughs> I've, I've never to been to Canada, Canada. I, maybe next year I can actually go to Canada have my first Canadian hunting experience that would be fun can it, definitely hopefully we can get there by March yeah they have oh you're saying they have a March season up there don't you yeah they have a March season so yeah hopefully we can get up there and I'll be shooting the white devil in South Dakota so yeah and like Whatever. we talked about with the difficulties that you're probably going to run into with that March season the uh, I don't know. I, I'd still just want to try it. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. If, well, it definitely would be interesting. I don't think that's a, a mystery. Either, either way it panned out, it would be interesting. But it could be really good, too. So, anyways, all right, dude. Let's wrap this one up, and uh, we will chat again soon. Chat again soon, man. Later, Later dude. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.